what's good it's your girl kachanchari and i am here with my very first ah, my very first podcast yes. so i'm gonna let her introduce herself the way that she wants to i know her by her whole government but i don't know if she wants y'all to know all that so <laughs> i'm gonna say t introduce yourself tell the people who you are and we're gonna get into it Hi, don't hit snooze listeners. I am I'll give I'll give them my government. You're listening to Tanisia Adams Hargrove. Per. Per Heavy on the Hargrove, okay. You know, the nuptials were recent. And I'm so so happy to be here with you all. So happy to be here with my girl Chetta. I'm so excited. This is gonna be fun. Yes, it is. So tell the people how we know each other because really what I was wanting to get into is that whole period of our lives mm-hmm. where we did not talk. I think that is important. I was just talking to somebody recently and he was explaining how he had to kind of remove himself from mm-hmm. one of his friendships and it actually made the friendship stronger and it changed the dynamic of the friendship obviously but it just was better for the both of them to part ways to figure out what was important to them and all of those things that come with developing yourself shaping yourself to be a better person for not only yourself but for also the people around you so yeah let's let's talk about that yeah so fun i mean so for y'all at home listening man chad and i go way back I mean, childhood back. We met when we were 14, freshman year of high school. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we can both agree that um, it was pretty clear that Chatter didn't like me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> and I was pretty much obsessed with her. So, um, Still don't understand why. That's I am definitely a pusher when it comes to <laughs> developing friendship. <laughs> I will force you into a friendship. Um, I I like that. I like that. You like um, that about yourself? Mm-hmm. That yeah. is a very strong quality to yeah. have. <laughs> I like. I I, f- I realize that as far as friends go, I'm I'm very uh, attracted to. Oh, so you have an aesthetic for? A I have an aesthetic for a friend. Okay. I like hard to get women, okay? Scream it. Okay. Give me a chase, okay? Make it hard, okay? If you're coming off all, oh my God, I love you. I don't like that. <laughs> so you don't like people like yourself. Exactly. Got it. That's why all most of my friends are people who were like, this girl's too much. Like, what's happening? Why is she all in my face? Who is she? There's a lot happening. And I'm just like, I wear you down. Period. You think you don't like me, but I will wear you down. Let's check back in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, I feel like that's how our friendship got started. And then we went to like best friends, right? It was BFF this and BFF L that. It was, it was a lot. Inseparable. Pretty codependent, yeah. I would say. <laughs> I don't think, see, I think on her end, it was codependency because it's called co for a while is, for a reason. She is queen codependent, honestly. I think. was okay, good. <laughs> but yeah, that was one of her personal challenges, I would say for sure, for sure. But I think 
I was pretty interdependent. If you say so, <laughs> we can ask the people because the people know. Let's the people know us. us. The people know. I us. think we would honestly have a good hundred people to survey to. Yeah, for sure. Survey says for sure. Let us know, people. I definitely think the. I definitely think I was definitely the more clingy friend, as far as perception was involved. Was like, it perception? Like or was if it reality? people perceive. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's hard I'm, to judge, right? That's okay. what I'm saying. Like the perceived um, so reality of our friendship perspective. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, okay. But we can go with that. The way I see life, you know, a hundred percent, I'm the pursuer. But if you answering the calls, this is why they call it codependency, right? Because it's not just it However, takes more than one person. I think that. Based on what codependency is, I lived my life in high school in a very mm. siloed for sure way. Yeah, I would agree. So, as a protective I, measure, yes, it was. It was definitely a defense mechanism for the most part. Also, an unhealthy coping mechanism. Yeah. But yeah, I, that's why, from my perspective, I don't think it was very codependent. But we can we can let that rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I get that. <laughs> I think it worked out really well because you didn't have to expose any anything you didn't want to expose. Being in a friendship like the one that we had, yeah, because I was so good at like sucking all the air out of the room. Got it. So you were okay. like, cool. I can chill in the back. Nobody has to be in my business. Yeah. You got to be like the mysterious. Very much so. Allu- like alluring. Like everybody loved Chetta, but like nobody, nobody really knows. knew her, you know? <laughs> yeah. You played, the, you played that well. And it wasn't planned. I'm no, still yeah. the same way. I'm very outgoing, yeah. but I'm not an extrovert. It's crazy yeah. how you can yeah. be an ambivert. Yeah. I thought that word was stupid when I first heard it. Yeah. But I'm legit a personification of the ambivert. Not that you can not be a person and be ambivert, because that's definitely what it is. But anyway. Tell the people how we went from all lovey-dovey to not talking the at fallout. all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man, you know what? Okay, so first of all, I want to say it was such an unexpected fallout because at this point we had gotten through undergrad, going to two separate undergrads. We had gone through a lot. We had gone through a lot. Like, we had our tips. We had our tips, for sure. Yeah. No friendship is without it. We legit fought like sisters. Yeah. Probably 97% of the time. I will maintain that I don't think, I think that when I say like, oh, she didn't like me at first, I think that carried on through up until the fallout. And it wasn't until after we became back real, real friends or, well, let me, the fallout, you want to get into like what happened? Um, we can't, cause I would like to hear from your perspective cause like, I don't I'm think saying. we really talked we about really it. We still got into it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we sat down because she wasn't the only person involved Mm -hmm. so I actually fell out I guess if you want to say it that way I fell out with her and another friend of ours Mm -hmm. and when we came back together it was a full conversation with all three of us and the 
specific details of the fallout like from that day we didn't really talk about it we really talked about emotions behind it sure, and all yeah. of that stuff so i would love to hear from your perspective what, what I happened. Think happened yes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so we had gone was it to paintball what's it called yeah, uh, paint, I with think the it was guns paintball. and the yeah. little paintballs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, whatever. I think paintballing it's paintball outside. Yeah, with some mutual friends. Is. One of our really good girlfriends and um, her partner at the time and his friends. We had all we all like kind of met up, and um, so I'm gonna tell the story the way that I understand it from your perspective. But this is all hearsay. So this is what was explained to me. Because in the moment, I had no idea this is what you (gasps) may have been feeling or thinking. Okay. But essentially, my tendency to be the center of attention (laughs) showed up really well there in that space as well. I mean, okay, so simple perspective. Me and our other girlfriend, we had gone to undergrad together. And most of the people who were in that space had all attended our undergrad with us and Chatta was one of the only people in that space who hadn't and so I think I was really not checked into that fact and I was very like attuned to the group and with my body language excluding Chatta or at least that's how it was explained to me like physically standing almost like in a circle with her literally on the outside of the circle. And what it was explained to me was that this is not the first time that had happened. And it felt like, I guess, pretty much since we had graduated or like, no, it was, our friend was getting married. And I think Chetta had had been asked to be like a maid of honor or something like that. And obviously like, because I had gotten undergrad with a friend I don't know if the assumption was like, oh, we would be closer or what, whatever it was. But I think that what I heard was that Chetta thought that maybe I felt some type of way about not having been asked to be a maid of honor, which I honestly hadn't even considered that role. <laughs> Yikes. <But> anyway, <laughs> um, long story short, I think from what I understood, Chetta was feeling like, Chetta was feeling like, I think that she's feeling some type of way about this and I can tell it in her actions like the way that she's showing up is different she's moving different and the hostility is coming toward me specifically <laughs> now that I understand better how our subconscious minds work I can't genuinely honestly say that that's off base because I don't I don't actually know that I wasn't giving that off like I can't be like no that wasn't I can say that in my conscious mind I wasn't actively thinking that but that has nothing to do with the fact that I very much could have been very living in that in my body and exuding it through my body. But I did not know at the time that, that was that's what was upsetting you. I did know you were upset. And because we had been through our number of tips, I chose to ignore it. Because so I was like, okay, she mad. She's going to be all right. Yeah. She's going to be okay. Um, so we we're on our way home from the paintballing excursion. We pull up to a gas station. Um and trying to find where your car, which had his car was parked. And I obviously knew she had attitude. So when she had got out of the car, I asked our friend, like, do you know why Chad is mad at me? And she like broke it down. Like, yeah, because you were doing this and this and that. And she feels like you're doing this. And I'm like, what? 
Chad comes back to the car and was like, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> are y'all talking about me? Our friend's like, we in fact are. I was trying to explain to her why you were mad. And I think your sentiment was don't talk about me while I'm not present to like explain myself and was very upset at the fact that we were in there talking about you without you being there. And then you left. Like you got in your car and you left. Did did I? I I think so. I I think, I mean, I could have blocked out some I'm pretty sure you got in your car and left. (laughs) Uh, I, I think that was the last time we spoke for a while. Yeah. Almost two years maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to keep going, or do you want to? I want to hear. I want to hear how much of that was correct. Got it. And what do I still not know? Okay. So, for the most part, you hit everything on the head based on the conversation that you had with someone telling you like what was happening. I think it was good to have that kind of neutral outside perspective. Because I kind of gave off that, I don't know how to say it, but because I don't know if it was energy per se, but I definitely gave off something to where people were asking me. Mm. Like, I remember a couple of people asking me, like, what's, what's going on? And yeah, it was, it was a lot for me. Transpired, and I just remember feeling like, why is she doing this when I don't know these people? She knows the type of person I am. I'm not, even though I'm outgoing, I'm not an extrovert. Like, that's not my thing. I'm not going to start conversations with people, and I don't know these people. Everybody pretty much knows everybody, and I'm the odd man out. So include me in conversation. You're not doing that. You're blocking me out. So, yeah, my mind went straight to, okay, obviously, they've been friends longer. She's feeling some type of way about me being made of honor. <sighs> Got it. But that's still annoying because I don't have anything to do with that. Mm. I didn't make this decision. She made me her maid of honor. I didn't make myself her maid of honor. I chose to go to a different school, of course, but I didn't bring myself here and say, well, I'm just not going to try to make friends with these people. I'm not going to, I'm literally being shut out. Like, so I can't even try to engage the way that I can to, you know what I'm saying? Shift the mood, shift myself into a different space. Like I don't have the opportunity. At least I felt like I didn't. So, um, yeah, as my best friend, I'm like, why wouldn't you want me to, Okay, cool, boom. So at that point, I had made the decision that I was probably going to stop talking to you because... Dang, you made that decision without me. I did. And I tried to not go into that space of making a decision without talking to you because it was only right. You know what I'm saying? Like any of my friendships that last for a long time or that I feel like have a special place 
And we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Like, some friends, you just be like, okay, girl, you ain't got to be friends with no Like, we ain't even got to talk about it. It's fine. But there are friends that you feel like, no, we need to talk. Either we're going to come to an agreement that the friendship needs to, you know, part ways. Or maybe we miss something. Mm-hmm. So, I'm... I did feel some type of way that I made that decision without you, but it just kept feeling like this has happened before. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being in this place. And because like, she is my sister, like she literally knows me. Why, why, why wouldn't she have my back in this? Why wouldn't she bring me into conversation? So yeah, that's why I was feeling. And when we, by the time we got to the gas station, I said, you know what? I don't even know that I can trust her. Because, yeah, why Like, why would I have to keep going through this same stuff with her? Mm-hmm. And then when I heard y'all talking about me, it just kind of, in my mind, solidified it. I was like, see, can't trust her. That's that shit. <laughs> That's that stuff I'll be talking about. Exactly what I was saying. And so it was just perfect timing in all the wrong ways. Yeah. It was perfect timing. And so I already, kind of what we alluded to before, me having this demeanor where I don't really let people in. I have always had these trust issues. I've gotten through them. But at that point, I literally was like, if you do anything, you're going to go on the list. And the list is not where you want to be. Right. And it's not a place of me kicking you out of my life. But now I'm about to be checking off boxes. Because as soon as you go on the list, now I got to see what else you about to do. And at that point, you were on the list. Our other friend was not on the list, though. <laughs> but you didn't talk to her either. Exactly. So it didn't make sense. I knew it was a me thing. It was really a me thing. It was a trust thing. It was like all of the things that I had been dealing with internally. Because if I wasn't dealing with that stuff internally and, you know, kind of painting this picture and allowing myself to go with the picture that I painted, I would have been able to have a conversation. I would have been able to stand at the car and hear her say, yeah, we were talking about you. And be like, okay, so what what was we talking about? Versus, oh, really? So y'all just gonna talk about me and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I remember walking away and y'all drove up to my car. Oh, yeah. And that's when things hit the fan because y'all were trying to still engage with me. We're trying to explain to you that we weren't talking about you. She was trying to break it down for me, Miss Uptoos what was going on because I was there but I hadn't experienced any of that. (laughs) Okay, I'm like, we just had a good time. We just came around. It was fun. And I think too, it's so funny that you're saying that because I really think that we, like people like me, I guess, that are super observant and have these secret checklists and things like that, we feel like you can't possibly be in oblivion. But someone like you, you're just like, I'm just living my best life. It, it made it worse. I feel like my <laughs> obliviousness made it worse because it, it went from like, okay, well, 
here's this girl I call my best friend. If I'm trying to slight you, that's different, right? Then we have a problem. But if I'm sliding you on accident, like that's how careless I was with you, it made it so much worse. Like, why would I reserve a spot in, in my life for somebody who don't even care if I'm having a bad day, haven't even noticed? Like, I get that. I would be more upset at that than like somebody who's intentionally trying to piss me off because they feel some type of way. At least that's talk throughable. Yeah. You can't talk with somebody who don't even know something went down. Yeah. Definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's what happened. Y'all pulled up on me trying to continue and I pulled off on y'all. And darn near rolled over y'all's toes. L O L. So that was hurt me. That was negative Nancy me. That was honestly, it was a version of me that I still to this day cannot believe. Mm-hmm. Like, I was gonna say was personified, but right, yeah. Like, how did how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Of all the awareness, you let yourself get to this place, and sometimes I do feel like it came to. a a space where I was a little codependent in that way because I felt like our friendship needed to be exactly the same and Mm. that's not where you were. Mm -hmm. You were growing, you were learning yourself, you were expanding your territory, if you will. And I was just not on that. I wasn't, I was trying. I really was. But at the same time, even when I think about the relationships that I built at my school, it was very surface. Yeah. And the ones that it was, I don't know. I have this thing where I'll have a moment with somebody, a very, very deep moment. And that will carry us. Mm -hmm. But it's never a consistent thing. Mm -hmm. It's like that one thing. And that's how people get cool with Cheddar. And then after that, it's like, oh, hey, what you been up to? Oh, you know. Okay. Bye. You need you need a pusher. <laughs> you a, I, think, I, I think you need a pusher. Probably. I think. I, but I feel that way about all friendships. Like, there's always a pusher. There's always I'm a pusher. I've been the pusher. I mean, that's good. But yeah. it doesn't work. That's not you who don't I maintain am. your pushing, <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. So those friendships aren't maintained, mm-hmm. and I think I'm thinking about a couple of those people, and I'm like, dang, the ones that I was pushing, I couldn't keep it up. So yeah. now the friendship is just flat. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not a pusher. Yeah, what's the opposite of a pusher? <laughs> what is the opposite? Of, I don't know. How would you identify? <laughs> I think like I my even like my pusher I feel like has evolved. One of the things that I feel like I have a lot now that I didn't have when we fell out, and I would even say something that I worked hard to develop as a result of not just our fallout, but just a bunch of very similar instances in my life, where I was faced with the reality that my 
unchecked. Like I, I love being aloof to to an extent. It's nice to live a carefree life of just like if you don't say it to me directly, then I'm I don't know. Like yeah. But at some point, it became on like I wasn't trying to check in and care. Like I was trying to have blinders on because that was safer. Yeah. And like so much less responsibility. I'm the fun friend. I'm the funny one. I'm the loud one. Well, I'm going to do nothing. Right. You, everybody just lets me off the hook. Cause like, Oh, she probably didn't even notice. She don't even care, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I think I, I try to live a, a very intentional life where like, I want to be able to not be aware of something. And I want to be surrounded by people who understand that if it's happening, it's not on purpose. And that they can say, hey, you might not have noticed this, but that did kind of mess with me. Like, and know like, that I'll be like, wow, like I'll respect that. And I don't think I would have. At that point. If we had a, if we, if you had have been in your more evolved place and been like, okay, boom, this is what I'm feeling. I don't know that I wouldn't have met that with pushback because I wasn't in a place to be able to hear criticism of myself in my friendship and not take it personal because I love you. I love you a lot. So all I would have heard was that you don't love me. And I would have been upset. Like, what do you mean I don't love you? We've been in this since 14. Like, I would have just been yeah, so defensive yeah. unnecessarily. You definitely were anyway. Probably, yeah. I'm just thinking about the spats that led up to that. It was kind of that. It was like, well, shut up, but this and da 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 right. And I'm like, but that's, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Not so, hearing you. Okay, mm-hmm. great. I think that we both just needed that time. For sure. But speaking of the stress part of it, I think that that kind of happens with people and they're feeling stressed. They're feeling this certain level of stress from a friendship. And it's almost like a strain. Mm -hmm. It's like, I love, like, to your point, I love this person so much. And... At the same time, this person or this relationship or the feelings that I'm having about this person or this relationship is causing me stress. Yeah. I don't like that. So yeah. how do how do you deal with that? Yeah. So if we step back a little bit, give us a, you know, a spiel about your background. Yeah. So that the people know where you're coming from when you're talking about this because she ain't just no Joe Blow talking about stress management and all of that. Like, she a professional, so. Hmm. Let's get into it real quick. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just recently finished my master's program. Woo-woo! Yeah, so um, mm. I am a licensed professional counselor and I have a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. So, very exciting. This is my second career. So, I really like what I'm bringing to it. This is not knocking any of my colleagues who decided or knew that they wanted to go into counseling immediately following undergrad. But um, I spent some time in another field working in student affairs and higher education. And I think that really brings a very unique look on it because I spent, I would say that was five years plus two years in grad school. So seven years specifically thinking about how humans develop, especially like post 18, like early adulthood development and looking at like how our brains develop and how we grow and learn. And now combining that with the understanding of mental health, how to navigate mental health, 
diagnoses, understanding things like stress. It's just a really unique combination of knowledge that I think sets you up. Like so much happens from the age of 18 to the age of like 35. And I think it really is a core of, it's like, you're going to see, I would say like four or five shifts in your personality in that time. (laughs) If, If you lean into it, there are some people who can literally be somebody at 18 and be that same exact person at 65. Honestly, that's a choice. (laughs) But like people lean into like not wanting to push themselves or grow. But I think in that time frame, yeah, definitely. For most people. Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, there are people who choose that, but, and there are people who have the privilege to choose that, but that's another, that's another episode. Um, But for most of us, We're going to see a lot of shifts in our personality and our understanding of the world. The more experiences we gain, the more we learn how we want to navigate and the more we get to choose how we want to navigate. I would say even in our incident, the skills that we had at that point were probably skills rooted from trauma. Mm -hmm. They were skills that had served us well up until that point. Fight or flight, you can definitely see some fight or flight happening even in our own story. That's a nervous response and that's automatic. Mm -hmm. And I would say the skills that we have more, like have now are a lot more advanced. They're a lot more intentional. They took work, (laughs) but we we wouldn't have had that at 22. Like it just wouldn't have been. Was that 22? I don't know. I know it's like post undergrad, but not too far post. Maybe twenty five. No, we want twenty five. Yeah, I don't know. Like twenty three, something like that. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, because it was before. Was it before I moved to LA? That was after you came back. You sure? Yes. Oh yeah, because after you came back, she was about to get married. So yeah, so yeah, we had to be like twenty. 425 yeah yeah whoa yeah that's wild yeah mm-hmm. dang yeah definitely rooted in trauma for sure, for sure. <laughs> absolutely uh yeah so with that can you just kind of divulge us in what's been happening in your life lately and Rate the level of stress and then tell us the ways that you've been managing, if you've been managing. Yeah. I know you... Stress. (laughs) Yeah, you were telling me about your recent part-time gig Mm -hmm. and how stressful it's been on your life. Yeah. Your mental... Listen, y'all, I tried to... (laughs) I tried to get a part-time... I mean, I got it, right? I didn't try. I, I got a part-time gig. I thought for sure... I'm not new to this. I'm true to this, okay? I've been working since I was 16. I'm like, this ain't nothing, okay? <laughs> Let me tell y'all, there is a different... When you have grown out of a place, and the place I'm referring to is a place of like willingness to push yourself... But I mean, push yourself past your capacity. Man. As a me, 16, 17, even in undergrad, 18 not getting is a very good time to do that. Okay, listen, because you don't understand, but like it was not getting adequate rest or not leaning into self care, not taking care of yourself. 
was such a norm that it did not matter or I did not feel like I didn't understand what it meant to be exhausted, exhausted and tired were the same thing. And now I'm no longer (coughs) willing to be exhausted if I can help it, because I now understand there's a difference between being tired. That's a normal, natural thing that happens to people and being exhausted, which is a really good indication that you've moved past your capacity level. So recently my stress was, I would say, you hear that pouring of the mimosa. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I would say my stress level was at a 10, which is very rare for me. I try not to, on a scale of one to 10, I would say my stress level was at a 10 and that is not something I recommend. Golly. It was, it was not great. Um, for me though, this is my skill, which is really important because there is zero scenario. So let's say if we're talking mental health, right? Let's say a one is I feel amazing. I feel great. Life is so great. Like I feel on top of everything. Nothing is overwhelming. I rarely have moments where I feel overwhelmed. And a 10 is like, I don't know if I can continue. I am searching for a reason to go on. On that scale, like that universal scale, I'm never going to be a 10 because I understand the most I'll ever let myself get to is a seven before I say that's enough. Like I'm never, ever going to approach the eight, nine and 10 because of me under me getting to a point where I've decided to value myself more than I value whatever it is that's going to take me to those last three points on the scale. So I was a seven on that scale, but a 10 in my scale, because that's the max out, like me not being able to get adequate rest, me not being able to engage with the people that I care about genuinely because I'm so tapped out. I'm that tired, exhausted that I can't have a normal conversation. I was screening phone calls. My phone was on D&D. 24 seven, like it would take me days or hours to respond to people because I just didn't have any capacity and that was too much for me. So I said, I have to get rid of this. I had moments where I was like, I'm embarrassed to feel like I, I'm a 32 year old woman who can't maintain a part-time job in addition to what else I got going on that very much pushed against this like strong black woman narrative that I grew up understanding. I should be invincible. I should be able to do whatever I say I'm going to do and then not break me down. So I I had a moment where I'm like, this is weird. I feel weak. Well, I'm trying to lean into giving my body what it needs and giving my mental health what it needs. And I feel weak. Like I feel silly not being able to push myself past my breaking point anymore. And I had to push through that narrative and be like, that's dumb. That's a terrible idea. Like why would I just, who am I proving this to and why? What, what am I getting out of that? Hmm. I kind of talked about this in the beginning of the pod when I said something to those lines. Like, you going off of these made-up rules, like, you get to make up the rules for your life. The same way you said, it might have been a 10, to be honest, but for me it was a 7 because I'm not going to let it get to a 10. For another person, 10 could be that very maxed out place Mm -hmm. and they can get to that point and and still experience the same thing but they'll allow it to get to their 10 because that's what they can take right if that's your rule in life if that's where you're at in life then so be it but as for t (laughs) 
my seven is my ten, my ten is my seven, <laughs> and I'm gone. Yep. <laughs> We're done. So make up your own rules for your life, like how you manage stress, how you manage things that you have to deal with in life. When I think about death or losing a job, like not necessarily leaving one, but look like him saying, yeah. um, those really heavy things, they don't impact everybody the same, even though it may feel like it. If you think about somebody who might lose their job, <clears throat> who's been wanting to leave their job, but just didn't have the courage, that might feel like a low-key blessing. Yeah. But for times. somebody who's been put right, but for somebody who's been pushing themselves past their limits, right. past their capacity, right. and they lose their job, that can feel like a low moment in their lives. Absolutely. Like, yo, where did this come from? Like, I've been doing the most. Yep. So, can you kind of give us one of those moments that happened for you that you felt like, I don't know if this is something that would have been as low for somebody else, but this was my low and. If it was this most recent thing, that's cool. But, like, what were some of the practical steps that you took to figure out that that was your 10? Yeah. And how are you overcoming that? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is um, really important to talk about because, I mean, part of it is even now after I've, like, made the decision, I still experience a little bit of embarrassment because I'm like... Chad is listening and I'll be like, so what you're telling me is that you couldn't handle being a part-time barista at Starbucks three days a week. And that's still, like, I have to own and acknowledge that that still feels hard to name. Um, because I still, even though I'm aware of them, even though I am trying to check it, I cannot pretend that I don't carry the bias of expecting myself to be invincible and really, really getting down on myself when I'm not and like I think that I will have that for the rest of my life it so it's not about being able to show up perfectly we all will experience stress and we will all need to find a way to manage it but I think it's so important to name that managing stress does not mean being without stress Mm -hmm. I don't think there is a version in this lifetime on this earth that we will live without stress I think learning how to manage stress is being able to acknowledge like, wow, I have to name right here, right now, that I am still battling this narrative. Even though it looked like I made a decision and I'm good with it. In my mind, I'm like, wow, that was some weak. And I'm like, yo, it really wasn't. Like it really, it was actually a really admirable decision, but I have to have that internal conversation with myself frequently. And I think eventually I will get to a place where I'm okay, but As far as steps, I mean, first I had to acknowledge what was keeping me, what, what was my reluctancy? Like I had to be like, okay, I don't, I'm I'm not happy with what's happening. I'm not okay with the situation yet. I'm still reluctant to do something about it. What is that about? Ask myself, like, what's, where's that, what is that rooted in? Where's that coming from? And then for me, because of who I am, I then started to name what I was experiencing without any decisions being made to the people around me. When people would check in instead of saying, I'm good, I'm okay, I'm fine. I'd be like, I'm tired. I'm working a part-time job now and it's really like, it's a lot. 
I'm like really stressed out about figuring it out this one part of the role because that helps me legitimize the stress that I'm feeling. And I think sometimes when we don't, we are already having this internal battle. That's so good. And we're not legit. We don't legitimize our stress. We try to downplay it both out loud and in our heads. And it's so much harder to manage if we start, if we pretend like it's not real because it is real, mm-hmm. regardless of what's the stressor. It's legitimate. And if you start to verbalize it, if you're in a safe space, this is also really important because some of us hold it in because we're not surrounded by people who are going to validate and say, yeah, that sounds really hard. Yeah. And I get that. I get that. And I think that is also really hard to do. Sometimes it's, I understand people's decision to hold it in when they know that if it's going to be met with um, invalidation saying, oh, you're not, you should, you should be able to handle that. And if that does happen to you, please know that that is about them, the person responding and not about you. Whatever people have to say about your stress levels is about them and their ability to legitimize their own stress. And they're trying to project that onto you and that's not fair and it's not okay, but it's certainly not your burden to bear. Period.